no agenda, no takes, and no rules. Social Sessions with Mike Giannotti. And we are back for another episode of Social Sessions with Mike Giannotti, and I am your host, Mike Giannotti. But today, I am joined with somebody who, if you are in the world of M365, Teams, Office 365, going back to SharePoint, this man needs no introductions, although I am going to. He is a motivational speaker par excellence in the world of tech. He gets people rocking and jumping and on their feet, but he's also a world-renowned expert around governance, migration, um, system adoption, and just an all-around great guy. So today we're joined by Ducks Raymond Side Ducks. Welcome to Social Sessions. Hey, Mikey. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a privilege to be with you, at least virtually, on the same screen. I recall the last time we did this, we were in Philly, and we were freestyling. Yes. We were rapping. And this was, boy, what, 10 but years ago? You were now? rapping. I was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, awesome. So, you know, we're in this period and stuff. I just, first of all, how, you know, how are you doing, Ducks? With oh, thank you for asking. Up? Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, I'm doing well. My family's hunkered down. Everybody's healthy and safe. So at least uh, immediate family and extended family, everybody's doing okay. It, it's still my, um, you know, here and there, I still get affected and my heart breaks for people that are impacted. I've known friends yeah. that either are sick or friends of friends that already have passed or even yeah. as a result of all this lost their job. So, so it, it, it's actually a, a terrible time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. And it, it, it is tough. Um, you know, I, I think we've been, you know, both of us in our positions, me and Microsoft, you over at Avpoint, um, very blessed in that we've had, you know, we have great employers uh, that are enabling us to continue to move on and, and to do our work and to help others. You know, as, as you look at your career, because you do so much community based and stuff, but um, you know, if you think about how did you get to, you know, where you're at today, what, what's brought you to that point? You know, I, I, I always tell folks, so I've been, I'm originally from the deep south, uh, Manila, Philippines, Southeast Asia. <laughs> and like yeah, it's a good one, right? Um, I'm trying to be a stand-up comedian too. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I had a wonderful opportunity to moved to the United States in 1996. And, you know, coming from the Philippines, I, I grew up in a wonderful family. And we were a, a big family. I, I come from a family of seven. I'm number two. And then my parents. So there's nine of us. And life was good. And it wasn't that we had a lot. We, we had enough to get by. And, and, you know, I saw the value of really making the most and more importantly appreciating everything in life I, I remember i was i was just talking to my wife a few weeks ago i said you know these days it's so easy for me to go amazon and hit buy now or order takeout or go out and eat which is great it's indeed a blessing but i remember growing up you know i would look forward to my birthday or christmas because that's the time when i'll get something and that something may just be a t-shirt or a you know a pair of tennis shoes and which was great we go out once a month, eat at McDonald's, and that was a big deal, right? Sure. And then I think about today, like, I just don't even think about it. And, and, and sometimes it's a good reset for me. So, so I'm from the Philippines, moved here in 96. 
Uh, I have a degree in telecommunications engineering, so I was a coder. I focused on programming telecommunications equipment. So I started my career as an assembler programmer. I would program Motorola chips for a for a small company called Siemens. Oh, just a teeny company. Yeah, yeah. And and I realized after a year of working doing that, I'd rather talk to people. <laughs> Nothing mm -hmm. wrong with coding, but just want to be front and center with people. But there was a problem. I also at that time, I didn't really enjoy being in front of people. While, while I like to talk to people, I don't enjoy being in front of people. I, I recall I had to go to a sales meeting and it was so bad that the customer didn't want to talk to us again. And that was like a juncture and a turning point for me because I thought I could just stay the way I am, assembler, programmer. I could be a programmer all my life. But if I want to engage with people, I got to step up my communication skills and presentation skills and mm -hmm. public speaking skills. So it became a mission in my life to really improve and enhance my communication capabilities, which will help my confidence. And, and I moved on and uh, I started, I became a consultant. And this was in the early days when SharePoint was starting, before it was called SharePoint. Mm -hmm. uh, it was Tahoe, Windows SharePoint yep. Services. And the problem was, is I wasn't like a big company that people will know me. I don't have marketing budget to promote myself. So uh, I figured, you know what? At that time, people look up to experts who's written books. This is before internet or blogs or none sure. of that. And during that time, uh, O'Reilly Media Books were, were the top echelons of technical books. I don't know if you remember those books. Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. Those animals, right? Uh-huh. I had and, quite a few at one time. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to write a book. And so uh, I went to their website, filled out a form. My concept was this. I said, look, SharePoint is new. Everybody's writing about how to set up SharePoint farms, build web parts. This was like 2001, 2003. But then I started thinking, like, there's a disconnect. SharePoint was pitched to empower business users or end users. Mm -hmm. Whereas there's no resources for it. So I'm going to write a book called SharePoint for Project Management. Uh, they like the idea. I wrote the book and they helped me really think about this concept of thought leadership and personal branding. And again, this was foreign to everybody. So they said, look, if you want to promote yourself, having a book is great, but you got to start writing blogs. There's this new service called Twitter. You got to sign up. Uh, you got to start speaking at events. So it's kind of everything came together. And this th throughout this journey, I was still working on my communication capabilities. I, I read books. I signed up short courses. I went to YouTube, watched speakers from leaders to preachers to just really watching how people communicate and taking yeah. good notes of it. And, and then from that point onwards, um, I had the great opportunity to get involved and, and invited to speak at events and uh, started uh, growing my consulting business. And right around 2008, 2009, uh, there was a, a slump, right? The, the big downturn 2008, 2009, where a lot of people, while they still want to upskill and learn, won't be able to attend paid conferences. So uh, a few folks around this area, uh, Susan Lennon, yeah, uh, I think you are somewhat involved too. They said, let's 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 just do a free community event, like one time, once a year, on a Saturday. Yeah, 
very first SharePoint Saturday in Virginia Beach. We yep. did that, and and then a month later, we did one, or, or two months later, we did one in D.C., and then New York, and the rest is history. Charlotte, and, oh, yeah. yeah. And now every Saturday, there's some something going on, which which is really great to see on how, how you know, folks authentically and truly wants to help and give back. And, and yeah. I think throughout my journey, going back to your first question, right, like, what made you who you are today? Obviously, my roots, where I came from, uh, you know, appreciating everything, making the most out of everything. But what's top of mind for me is always is how do you give back? How do I give right. back? How can I teach my children to give back and think about others um, and, and, and share what, uh, what we've been blessed with to other people? Yeah. And, you know, before we get into some of the technical stuff, I know you do a lot. I know that's something that's really on your heart and mind, you know, especially with everything that's going on. When you talk about how how can we give back in a ten we've talked about this where, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, we need to be compassionate and inclusive and this and that. And it but it oftentimes ends up just a lot of nice sounding words. But how can you do something in a real tangible, impactful way as just an individual. And that's something that's been on your mind. What are, what are your, some of your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, you, you know, let me share a couple of examples. Before I do that, I, I first and foremost, I, I really commend uh, Microsoft as being a model, as an organization, and not just Microsoft, but the people at Microsoft of, of being out and open with this. Well, I, I'm pretty sure even prior to Satya Nadella or Microsoft talking about this publicly, a lot of people <clears throat> have the same... Uh, intent and have the same um, heart to do it. It's just that people are thinking, oh, I shouldn't talk about this professionally because it, it, right. it, it won't look good or, or it, may, <laughs> it, it, may, it may show a sign of weakness or something. But so, so I had to give up Microsoft for, for being authentic about it. So, so for me, right, a lot of us as technologists or humans in IT, we think, okay, let's build an app. Let's start doing uh, all this technical stuff. And, and, and boy, I tell you, those are great stuff. But the challenge is the immediate need today, especially during COVID-19, mm -hmm. is in your local community. And a lot of those may have nothing to do with tech. So three things I would offer to folks on how they can get involved. And doesn't matter who you are on how you can uh, give I'm back. writing these down, by the okay. way. <laughs> Number one is... Just provide outreach to your local community. So here's an example. So like in, in our local community, there are um, uh, neighbors that are elderly who's more susceptible to getting affected by COVID-19. You could it could be as simple as leaving a note on their mailbox and say, hey, so and so, you know, I know this may be a difficult time and may be a high risk for you. Tell you what, I'll do your groceries. Here's my number. Text me what you need, and maybe you leave the check or PayPal me or or Venmo me your grocery because mm -hmm. I go to the grocery anyway, so I'll pick it up for right. you, right? So that's simple. Like any outreach you can do, and in yep. in it doesn't even mean that you have to spend a lot of money, right? And but that goes a long way. And do that for a couple neighbors, right, or a couple sure. elderly folks that you know. That's huge. So that's one outreach, right? Number two is upskill. And what I mean by that is, and this is where your tech powers can come in. There's a lot of, uh, a good example, um, teachers that are not equipped to deliver yeah. online training. They're trying, they're doing the best they can, 
but they just they may not have the fundamental knowledge or skill. What if you can do one-on-one training? Here's how you use PowerPoint. And, and we're not even talking about building flows or, or creating yeah. teams. Just, just basic, basic stuff. Yeah, or yeah. how to use a computer or how do you you know, make sure that your settings are all secure so you won't be hacked, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, one person that comes to mind that's really doing an awesome job is Tracy out in South Africa. I know, you, I'm sure you know Tracy. Uh, she's an MVP. She mm -hmm. holds this regular training session for anybody. And, and her training just around office, right? Yeah. We don't think about office, but that's something a lot of teachers need today. So upskilling people. So, sure. you know, just just do a uh, jump on Facebook if you're on Facebook and say, hey, anybody wants to learn office, I'll do a call and I'll teach you the basics and ask me questions. That, that's great. Yeah. The third thing is so you, you do outreach, you help upskill people. And number three is uh, if you can get a group of people to help to help sustain and help businesses. And this is where your again, tech yeah. powers come in. So, for example, right. Uh, I, there's a, a story I saw in the news out of Washington state, just a bunch of high school kids, you know, they saw a lot of these restaurants that especially smaller restaurants, they don't have online capabilities. So they build a very simple app that uh, allows you to order. It will ping these restaurants and they don't even mm -hmm. take a cut, right? It's just an online ordering system for smaller restaurants so they can still sustain and grow their business during this time. Or even your user group, right? Like, yeah. here's a challenge for everybody. There's no user group this days, but what about your local user group adopting mm -hmm. local organizations and help them with tech? Yeah. The local school, the local hospital, the local nonprofit. Like, there's a lot of volunteer work happening. Why don't you help them with teams and say, okay, let me manage your team's environment so we can create teams for this volunteer in this area, this volunteer mm -hmm. group, that volunteer group. And you do that collectively as a user group, as a project to adopt an organization that you can help. So those are three simple things. And, you know, other than your time and knowledge, I believe everybody and anybody could do it. No, I, I totally concur. And I think, uh, you know, at the very least, um, you know, the, sec the second and third infer, you know, that you're, you have some technical acumen and you have some things that you can do. But number one, everybody can do. I, I, and it doesn't matter your level of skill, it, you know, you're, you could be a kid, whatever. It's just it's really that human contact, human touch. In, in, in the sometimes, right, we get the best of ourselves. We're thinking, oh, we're not Bill Gates. We're not humanitarian. Yeah. We're not philanthropists. Yeah. I don't have a lot of money. I hate to say this, some tough love here. That's a lame excuse. Yes, it is. If you really want to help. <laughs> It doesn't matter who you are, yep. how much money you have, you can help. Yes, you can. Local food banks, I mean, you'd be surprised what 10 bucks to a local food bank and yeah. food and stuff would do. Yeah, for somebody else's life who can't isn't mobile and can't do things or right. reaching out. But I like the idea that you said about, you know, leave a note or something that so there's a communication directly to somebody where they, you know, they, it's that sense in this time of isolation and things of making that connection and hey, you're not alone. Yeah, that's beautiful. 100%. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, you know, those are awesome. And, and certainly I think people should take note. Um, as we look at professionally, you know, you work for AvPoint and AvPoint's a global company doing tremendous things across the board. 
with the Microsoft 365 suite and enabling. But I know there's been there's two things that I've heard you talking about lately that really seem to be top of mind. And the first of which is around Teams, which has just exploded, right? And it's this idea of how can you make it easy and really start to intelligently manage because a lot of that's where you know as we get into governance and management and and how do we get our arms around things helping them to intelligently manage this surge of sudden usage companies that have gone from zero to 60 in two seconds flat and then also conversely getting there helping them with that migration What, what are some of the things on your mind about that sure so so Thank you for bringing this up. Uh, let's first talk about Teams, right? So in the last two months, as a result of, of all this situation, working home, working remotely is not an option anymore. It's mm-hmm. the norm. And as Microsoft reported yesterday in your earnings, right? You What, 75 million daily active user? Yeah. Yeah. Which was a big spike because three, four weeks ago, you only had 44 million active daily active users. Yeah. So it's good. But here's the pattern that we see, right? Uh, rightfully so, organizations, especially those haven't used Teams, suddenly turned on Teams. And the pattern that we see is people are using Teams initially, especially for those not using it, for calls and chats. Yeah. Because they think, oh, Teams is like Skype, then I can mm-hmm. chat and call, which is great. Don't like get me what wrong. we're doing. Yeah. But then folks realize, wait a second, we can actually do work here with my colleagues because... Teams itself has awesome collaboration capabilities where I can create a team and in the team I have channels and files can be stored. I can co-author and customers are coming back to us and say, this is great. But what we're seeing now is this sudden surge in potential sprawl that may happen. Mm -hmm. And we don't want that. We want to make it. and, And when I say we don't want that, it's not from a control perspective, but more from a perspective of, how do we make it easy for people to do the right thing? Right. Because, for example, like, uh, you know, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm HR and I know nothing mm-hmm. about Teams. I start using Teams. I create a team and then I think, oh, I'm going to create another team. What settings do I do? So I won't know and, and I won't remember even if IT tell me. So the goal of what we do, especially for the technologies that we have, is to help customers not only ensure that the platform is uh, well-governed, but Mm -hmm. even more importantly, is to how do we um, help customers to make it easy for people to do the right thing. In fact, let me, um, let me, let me, do you mind if I show you something, Mikey? This is your time. Love to see it. (laughs) Okay. So, so let me share my screen here and, uh, kind of walk through what I'm describing here. Yeah, absolutely. While you are, it's because my little, uh, one of my little stickers. Which one? People are moving to the cloud. Shift happens. There you go. Ah, (laughs) speaking about that. Okay, so let me share my desktop here. First of all, speaking of shift happens and giving back, um, we host our yearly Modern Workplace Conference. and, And since this year, we can't do it physically. We're doing virtually and it's free. I invite everybody listening or watching to this to come and attend. It's June 27, 26. And the cool part of this is we, our speakers, are all customers. So we, you know, we've got FedEx coming, we've got Deloitte, we've got Heathrow yeah. Airport. 
they're going to talk about their journey. And Cyril from Microsoft would be keynoting, yep. and then Jeff Teeper would be endnoting as well. So, so make I sure just got to say, I had no idea you were going to pull up the shift happens when I held up. Yeah. <laughs> so, folks, it's shifthappenscon.com or take a screenshot of this, but uh, make sure you come and join us. Okay. So here's what I was describing, right? Um, how do you make it easy for organizations to do the right thing? So, so almost always you roll out teams. It's great. People are using it. And now you want to start thinking about, okay, how do I make sure that it's, it's, uh, it's intended for how people would want to use it? So let's say HR or legal. They don't need external sharing, um, six months expiration after last access. But then Department B, their needs are different, right? Let's say they're marketing. Mm -hmm. They want external sharing. Uh, the, the creation process goes through IT, whereas Department C, maybe they're more mature. Their creation is uh, enabled for Joe, Sally, and Harold to do self-service. So this is what we're talking about if we talk about governance. And, and again, don't be daunted by that word. Oh, it's too big. It's too hard. It's too complex. It's not. So really, it's... It's from a place where how do I make it easy for people to do the right thing and they don't have to remember all the rules and switches and settings that yeah. they have to do. And then the next part is once you have the base level um, settings uh, taken care of, next is make it easy for them to choose the right template. And friends, when we talk about template, I'm not just talking about, hey, we have a template for project management or HR where the channels and the tabs are predefined. I mean, that is the first uh, critical component. We talk about the structure of the mm -hmm. team. But then layering into the structure of the team is baking in all the policies as well. Yeah, right. That's huge. So for example, if HR creates a team for employee onboarding, not only can they use the team, but it also means that once they're using it, no external sharing is allowed because it's HR. Um, you know, they cannot upload a document with a certain level of personal information, et cetera. Um, and, and you can definitely do all this with, in a streamlined way, in an easy way. So, you know, I just wanted to share that quickly, Mike, and uh, kind, no. of, kind of help people visualize what we mean by governance and being able to make it easy for people to do the right thing. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the, making it easy for people to do the right thing is when really they're not having to make a bunch of decisions, right? You operationalize it, you build it into what you're, which is what you're doing here, right? So yeah. if I need this, there's no, there, I don't have to think about it. Well, what do I got to build and add and what are the policies? It's predefined. It just happens. Right. And, and, and uh, the cool part about this too, on the IT side not only is it built in, it's automated. Yes. So IT doesn't have to look at all these ticket requests and configure and do all this yep. or, or, or be reactive, right? Oh, suddenly you decide you want to start changing permissions on your SharePoint site collection. Now it's a mess. Then IT has to deal with it. Right. So you don't have to deal with all that. The simplest analogy I use when I talk to uh, customers about this is, look, mm -hmm. You know, most of us have, uh, especially in this juncture of, of our lives, we have children. So uh, my son is uh, 14 now. My daughter is nine. And, and I remember the first time I took them bowling. What did I do as a parent? I made sure that the guardrails were up. Uh-huh. Why did I do that, Mike? You, I, the gutter ball, you didn't want them. 
Yeah. First of all, I want them to like bowling, so sure. I want them to be successful. At least they hit a couple of pins. That feels yeah. good, right? Yeah. And after a couple of times doing that, my son at that time was like five. He's like, I'm a big boy now. I don't need the rails. Fine. So I took the rails down. What happens? He went to the gutter. And boy, I tell you one time, which is really bad, it hit the other person the other lane. I, I, that's I awesome. Had, I had to pay for the game, right? But that's like Microsoft 365. You know, it's a phenomenal platform. But if people are new to it, especially teams, you don't put the guardrails up, guess what? They're going to hit the gutter. They're going to hit another person. So your responsibility as IT is put that guardrails up. And every guardrail is different. And that's where governance comes into play. So we help customers with that. Within two weeks, the rails are up. Um, and especially during this time, uh, we're doing a lot of essentially giving away our software for free and providing free services really just to help customers weather this time. You know, I think when you were talking about, I love the analogy with the gutters and with, uh, you know, 365 and with teams, especially as it's something new to folks. Just the idea that it's, you know, if you think about just basic human nature, if I have a bad experience out the gate, it's very hard to bring me back, mm -hmm. right? And so once I, once I developed this internal bias initially, it's much harder to overcome that than it is to build up confidence and excitement and other things. So by doing these operational things, like you're saying, and like you were doing with your kids, with the guardrails or getting those technical guardrails in for people working, it's really helping them to be, you're, you're helping them to be successful. Success breeds success. It breeds enthusiasm, collaboration, yeah. networking. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how I think about it. Right. Because frankly, good governance precedes great adoption. Yeah. Those two that's, go hand in hand. That's right? correct. And, and you talk about first impression. Another analogy I think about, especially for folks that may not have kids. Yeah. Think about that first date with that person you really like. Did, did you just, you know, wake up one day and don't dress up, don't brush your teeth, walk out the door and pick up your date? If you did that, you're not going to have a second date or you're not even going to finish that first date. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For, for that first Absolutely. date, you want a good impression. You, a good you impression. Book the nicest restaurant, pick the right playlist in your music for the car drive. Yep. You know, dress up to the nines, practice what you're going to talk about. It's the same thing. You got to prep your environment yes. to have a great experience for that first date. So you'll get the second date and the third yep. date, et cetera. And I think, you know, as we see people going again, that zero to 60, having things in place, at least the basics, right? It, it doesn't mean that you're going to have all of the everything in play, and I always think of governance as an iterative, yes, you know, exchange yeah. between users and IT and security and legal and how that all interplays. But it's an iterative piece. But getting those basics in can be the difference between even for a quick ramp up between a quick success and, and not. And it's not going to be successful every time. Like again, I think about parenting. Right? You yep. don't you don't parent one day when your kid is born. It's like okay, okay, kid. Here are all the governance policies. Have a good life. Don't talk to me. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> you should know, right? Like even to this day, you have a grandchild now, you're yep. still parenting. You're still tweaking that sure. governance, right? Sure. And maybe now your son's married, he has a kid and- We were talking about buying a first house last night and it was all the advice and trying to meet or how do I help them without overstepping and- oh, Sure, yeah. Yeah. right. Yep. Same thing. Yep, absolutely. So, well, go ahead. You're going to say- No, and then the second thing, so you asked, yeah. what are the top of mind? So uh, being able to intelligently manage this surge uh, is, is, is important Migrate. to a lot of customers. The second thing is migration. Yeah. So what we're seeing now, a lot of customers, boy, I, I just, sometimes <clears throat> I scratch my head. I'm like, we're in 2020. Everybody has the latest iPhone, the latest <laughs> iPad, you know, and the latest gadgets, but everybody's still latest working posted on- Latest notes. <laughs> everybody's still working on on-prem file shares man yeah like i like, know like we would vpn in and and, and work yeah fine i understand like it's busy i'm not giving you a hard time but I, it just surprises me yeah. but long story short a lot of organizations are keen on moving to the cloud so they don't have to deal with on-prem stuff so we're helping customers a lot too in that uh fashion and in mm -hmm. fact we're giving away our migration software for free and i'll share the link with you so people can see that oh. Okay. And they'll be able to um, to avail of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I do see uh, that's a huge thing. In fact, uh, you know, speaking of children and grandchildren, my son's now in IT, and he was talking about uh, a new project that he's on is he's going to be overseeing a, a huge migration from a pure on-prem company up to 365. And uh, he said it's, you know, people are just not prepared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, so it's getting there. So I think that's that's huge. And it's, you know, how can you help folks? And and they really don't know what to do. And the fact that you guys are giving away, you know, some of the software around that and helping them out. And I think it, it just goes to show that in the tech community as a whole, and, you know, AvPoint's certainly one of the one of the big players in this, in this area, um, everybody's kind of, circling wagons and trying to help out right now yeah absolutely H how about you i mean we we've talked a lot about you know where where i'm at these days how's everything with you and and, and customers your family everybody doing yeah good? yeah i mean uh customers it's it's uh starting to i would say yesterday and then in today i'm starting to finally come down we had you know as you know teams um, hot and heavy, and we had a lot of what I call building the airplane as we fly because we had a lot of demand around things like virtual visits. And, you know, a lot of customers had all these different techs for doing telemedicine, but they really didn't meet the needs of, of an issue like this where they needed to do uh, rich triaging virtually, uh, enabling scale uh, in scheduling folks even within the hospital with limited PPE, you know, the personal protective equipment. I was just on a call the other day. I, I was asked to speak uh, to the Virginia State. I, I'm going to mangle their name. But they, uh, it's in the state of Virginia, it's around um, health care and all that. And they do uh, technical calls <clears throat> once a week. And they had myself and a physician from down there. And they were talking about, you know, the shortage of personal protective equipment and things like that. So helping, you know, with, hey, how can we take our stack and put it together? And, you know, not just not definitely not just me, 
my colleagues across the country and all of us working together and coming up with ideas and then pushing those out and then helping customers implement and getting on calls. And I, I still keep going back to my very first call at the beginning of this whole thing with a hospital where I, I literally had doctors on the phone as the first local schools were being um, canceled. And they said, we have to have this stuff. They were like yelling. You don't understand. This was on a Wednesday. We have to have this now. We can't wait. We're going to, you know, and uh, having things in place like the new virtual visits and teams and stuff like that, having customers, you know, yelling on a Wednesday, on a Monday doing the tests and Tuesday live. I mean, yeah. so it's it, it's been pretty crazy, but it's been very rewarding. It's yeah. been great to do a lot of helping. And to your point, the whole, uh, not just governance, but you know, with migration, making things are in place. Most companies that I know, <clears throat> you were talking about file shares. They didn't have, I, I have had so many calls with folks where they're like, well, some of this media is not working. And that when we're trying to do the live executive, they didn't have split tunneling in place. Mm -hmm. And, and th you know, simple things like that, because it is, it's new muscle that they need to start to sure. develop and work yep. and haven't been so been busy you know one thing i've got to say so yesterday i did a webinar with a, a customer from the state of minnesota they're the um, metropolitan council for twin cities so essentially mm -hmm. they provide shared services around the area and so speaking with it uh so in early march when the governor mm -hmm. or mid-march shut down um uh school everybody had to do yep. work remotely uh teams was critical and through our technology cloud governance it was able to help them uh, easily manage and increase teams adoption. They say it went up 400%, which is great. And as he, as we were talking, one thing that caught my attention and really warmed my heart, he said, he, he closed with this. He said, look, you know, at the end of the day, Microsoft Teams, let people be people, right? Yeah. I, I said, what do you mean, uh, Jeff? He's like, it doesn't matter if you're in the office, you're out in the field, you're a doctor, you're a teacher, the fact that Microsoft Teams allows you with any device, anywhere, anytime, get your job done during this time is huge. And that's what inclusion is all about. It is. It is. And, you know, it's funny because just to kind of tie it back to, you know, our leader, uh, Satya, said it the other day. And it's something that I know has been top of mind for a lot of us. You know, we've seen this shift shift happens right we've seen this shift this digital transformation of organizations that we were projecting to be over the next couple of years right but really it's accelerated to two months and being forced to but i think that what we'll see is you know as things do start to loosen up and over time and, and there's more you know i've already talked to organizations that they're like well why am I going, why are we spending all this money on physical plant ah. when, when we have, when they're functioning, you know, I work with big pharma and others, and certainly there are jobs that absolutely you do need to be in, but there are so many jobs where they're finding, I have not lost my productivity and where that's, where that can be enabled virtually. It's at a great savings. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, some of the case, and 
you and I both know this. My wife's been harping on it for years. She goes, kind of liked it when you went to the office because you worked. Seems like you worked less when you're right. there. You started. I lost the audio, Mike. You lost audio. Uh, one sec. Oh, it's me. It was me. It was oh, me. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, um, but but you're exactly right. Even uh, business travel, right? So yeah. now I'm I'm thinking, I'm on the road <laughs> more than half my time the past couple of years. Yeah. Well, certainly true. We may be working more here, but I'm home more, right? There's still going to be business travel, but I don't think at the frequency we used to see before. I think that's right. And I think, you know, I've had talks with my own management about that and doing things at scale and virtually. And we, they've talked about, you know, quite frankly, that directionally for Microsoft, a lot of things moving that way. Because, again, we're all, you know, we're working for companies that are for profit. Um, but there's also, you know, that whole when we talk about work life balance, you have families, et cetera, being able to blend and bring that together so that you can spend it. You know, I, I've had a couple of a number of occasions where my, you know, I'm blessed that my son and my daughter in law, my grandson are 10 minutes away. He's in a job where he's they're hunkered down so they don't have any contact. But once in a while, because they're in an apartment, wife will bring over her son to play in the backyard and run around and I get a little bit of a break and it's not just a 15 20 minute break okay I can go grab some coffee it's a mental break because I can mm -hmm. unwind and, and attend to family and refresh and I think that's huge boy you talk about refresh and recharge you know it only takes my daughter to give me a hug for 30 yeah. seconds and that's it yep that's it makes it, it. Makes it worthwhile that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff today. I, I, I'm definitely we're going to highlight and call attention to your three things on um, outreach, which I just love to local, um, you know, to people who are right there making that connection, the upskills and sustaining businesses. Talked about the whole intelligently manage. And I'm glad that you were able to show some of that. And then also around migration, you said you're going to share a link. But if people want to get in contact with Ducks, if they want to learn more about AvPoint or any things we're talking about, what are some of the ways that people can do? Sure. Something? Two easiest way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Look me up. It's Ducks, D-U-X, Raymond Sai. Just to make sure it's not D-U-C-K-S. That may be some other person. <laughs> and then on Twitter, meet Ducks. So those two places or go to our website, AvPoint.com. Um, and if you try and email me, I'm the worst at email. So just give me a few days before I respond. But anything on social, you get me right away. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us today for Social Sessions. Uh, this has been a great, great talking with you. And it's great just seeing you. So thank you, my friend. Take care. And until next time, thank you all for watching Social Sessions. And tune in for our next one on next Monday. And we'll see you then. Goodbye now, and we'll stop recording. Cool.